0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Healthy Huddle.
1: We're going to talk all things health related based on our real life trial and errors.
0: I'm Peyton, a retired college athlete with a love for holistic nutrition.
1: And I'm Rachel, a creative writer, forever student, and mental health advocate. We may not have all the answers, but we're damn sure going to (laughs) try. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the healthy huddle where this week we're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the third trimester update episode. So I'm super excited. I don't know if Peyton will have any questions, but I'm going to do a lot of talking. So if you don't love my voice too bad, cause it's, you're going to get a lot of it today. Yeah. I'm two months away,
0: You're almost there
1: oh man yeah how does it feel? <sighs> scary yes and also I think I finally am starting to understand how because before I was like gosh I'm not ready I'm not ready I'm not ready and now I feel like I'm starting to understand why women are like I'm so ready
0: <laughs> oh like to just have the baby out to just have yeah this? yeah yeah Yeah. Didn't you, you're having like some more uh, pains because she's bigger than ever now and kicking and pushing and all the fun things.
1: Yeah. It's (laughs) okay. I really want to start by saying that I feel so blessed and I'm so thankful and I'm not complaining by any means. I realize how lucky I am. And I love this little girl so much, but, but It's uh, it's, it gets physically difficult. Yeah. And that's kind of where I am right now is in like, some days are totally fine, but especially if I overdo it by doing like household things, which sometimes I do, I have a really hard time stopping or asking for help. I'm learning, but if I overdo it, then there's a lot of pain for several days. And it also, I think depends on where she's sitting. Mm.
0: So is this, more pain than you felt in the first and second trimester?
1: I had a lot of sciatic pain in the first trimester. I don't think it's that bad, but I'm definitely, it's different because I'm still having some lower back pain. I'm dealing with that a lot today. I actually changed uh, where I'm sitting because my, like it just was uncomfortable. I feel like every time we record I'm breathless (laughs) Uh, it's getting really difficult to do things like get up out of bed. V helps me because I'm like, you're really asking a lot right now. Yeah. It's so it's just like, and then sometimes depending on where she kicks, like sometimes she kicks my hip Mm -hmm. and, you know, and maybe you have never experienced this. I know you have a very healthy mouth, (laughs) but, uh, for anyone who knows this feeling, if you have like a tooth, that's kind of tender. Mm then, or, you know, something cold or too hot or whatever. That's what it feels like on my hip when she kicks my hip. Um, So it's super uncomfortable. I think some of the uncomfortableness is coming from my hips expanding. And like yesterday I was walking and normally she's not very active when I walk and she was active while I was walking. And it's just a different feeling so it was, I was like rubbing my belly. I was like, that just isn't com- like, it's just not comfortable. Okay. And I know she's still very small. I still have two months but I'm like, Holy cow. That's a lot of growth for her. She, cause she was just going to get bigger now. Yeah. That's pretty much what's happening.
0: Do you know how much she's measuring at or like, how, what is she compared to size wise? I know you have that app that tells you.
1: Yeah, so I'm not hundred percent sure what it will be. Right now it's she's like the size of a coconut, I think is what it says. A coconut. <laughs> I think when this episode releases though, it'll be a cantaloupe. Wow. Yeah. So she's roughly between like currently between three and three and a half pounds. Next week it'll be three and a half to four pounds. I don't think I might be shooting myself in the foot by saying this. I don't think I'm gonna have a nine pound baby. I think she's gonna be on the smaller end. But Ooh, you put it yeah, out there now. I, I I well, we'll see. Let's knock on some wood. <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you um
0: are you measuring about the time of your due date? Are you early? Are you yeah. late?
1: I'm literally measuring exactly where I should be.
0: Oh, well, good. That's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're not giving me her weight. Me- they're literally just measuring the size of my uterus okay. and you should be in whatever centimeters or I think it's centimeters is what they're measuring in around the same give or take a few with the number of weeks that you are. And every time they- I go in and they measure, I'm right at the week that I am.
0: Oh, that's good. That's exciting. Yeah.
1: So at least you're so, not like
0: all over the place. You actually have like a specific time that we're actually trying to hit and we're yeah, pretty right. much planning on hitting because you're measuring about what you should be. So that's good. That's mm-hmm. at least something a little bit. Yes. Controlled.
1: Well, it's interesting because I've been getting told that I don't look like I look really small for how far along I am, mm. but The doctor told me the last time I was in, she was like, people are probably going to tell you that you look small. I was like, they already do. Mm -hmm. And it's funny to me because it's annoying that I get told I look small. I'm sure it's annoying if you get told you look big. So maybe just don't say anything about the size of a woman's bump, but she was like, that's because you have these things called abs and they're doing their job and they're holding the baby in women who have more than one baby. They just get bigger because their abs are weaker. So it's not able to hold the baby in as much pretty much as what she told me. I am right where I should be. All of my numbers look great. Her yeah. heartbeat is great. Yeah. She's got a lot of movement. I feel her every single day. So things in that respect are going really, really well.
0: And before you were pregnant, you're you were fit, like you're a fit and healthy yeah. individual. So yeah, like you probably have a little bit more muscle in the abdomen area. Your abdominal muscles are probably a little stronger than just the average person who doesn't work out maybe. So yeah, like they're going to do their job a little bit better than mm-hmm. the normal person who doesn't work out because you had already set yourself up for that by being a healthy fit individual. So, and yeah, that's yeah. Just so funny to me because like shocker, you shouldn't talk about, woman's body or anyone's body in general like
1: wow and I'm not talking about like you know my mom or whatever that's fine you know she comments on my bump size but just like random people but and that's kind of what I walked away with I think Peyton I think it was you I texted or whatever and was like so basically what I heard the doctor say was that I'm fit as fuck
0: (laughs) yeah you did tell that you're like so I yeah she was like So I'm fit as fuck is what I'm hearing. (laughs) I was like, you know what? And as you should, that is exactly what you should have heard from that entire conversation. Good for you. Uh,
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I'm very thankful for the experience that I'm having. I'm having very minimal issues. You know, I think I was the healthiest that I've ever been in my life whenever I got pregnant. So, you know, a lot of the things that I'm dealing with definitely come from that perspective. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that I'm dealing with, like I said, back pain, difficulty breathing. uh, It's really hard to bend down and pick things up, get out of bed, or if I'm on the couch, it's a little bit more difficult. I'm sweating so much. I literally, Peyton and I are, this is a zoom recording so we can see each other. I was like, look at all of this sweat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I was like, what is that? Why does your shirt look like a little dark? Well, also like, you're wearing gray too. So I feel like yes, that shows yeah, yeah. sweat easily, but I was like, why? I actually thought that earlier. I was like, oh, that's like a cute I mean, it's like two toned or
1: something. No, the moment I walk outside, it's sweat drips down my arm. It's absurd. But you also retain more water while you're pregnant, as you should. That's what your uterus and all of that good stuff's made out of. So, you know, your body expels a lot more sweat and it's just massively uncomfortable.
0: So but, kind of good for you that you're not having a baby in late summer. Uh, or else You would probably have an issue.
1: <laughs> dresses are my best friend right now. I just got another pair of shorts to wear. They're going under my belly. If my belly's out and you see me walking, don't say shit to me because. mind (laughs) your
0: fucking business. I'm growing a human over here.
1: Yeah, like it is fine if I'm comfortable. That's all that matters. (laughs) Uh, But some things that I thought I would share because. I feel like there are just there are a lot of things that women don't know to ask about or talk about in their appointments. So I'm starting to ask those questions. I thought I would just share what some of those questions are that I'm asking. At 36 weeks, I'll find out if I need antibiotics during the birthing process. I basically like as soon as I get on antibiotics, I have a yeast infection and I always have to have diflucan. So I asked about that process and she said the way that they utilize the antibiotics, most women don't experience a yeast infection. If I do, then we can talk about it. But she was like, a lot of times the itching is actually from stitches or, you know, your body's getting rid of stuff. So it appears like it's a yeast infection, but it's actually not. So that's something that I'm not as worried about. I only recently learned about episiotomies. Mm-hmm. So I asked what that, or I didn't ask what it is. Cause I did my research. I asked about the process for people who don't know what saying, yeah, explain an it. episiotomy is there is that lovely spot of skin between the vaginal opening and the rectal opening an episiotomy is cutting that to open up the vaginal canal more for the baby to have room it's uh, gosh it requires it requires stitches after too right it sure that's a pretty big deal it to Yes. So it can be, um, it is not practiced as much as my understanding, but I asked about that because I've seen some women are like, if they have to do an episiotomy, then I want a C-section. So I just like asked what their process was. And she said that she only does one to two a year and she really communicates with the patient. She's like, it's when we need the baby out, there's not enough room. And I will say the only way for this baby to come out right now is for an episiotomy to happen. And she said, even then she tries to do it. So there's only one or two stitches. Um, So she really tries to let the woman's body give as much really as it can. So that just was really nice. For me to hear, because there are stories where the doctor doesn't talk to the woman and they just snip. And that's not what the woman wanted. Definitely like communicating about that and understanding what that process looks like. Oh, I asked another question. It's leaving me for the moment, (sighs) but you know, really, I think it's important to, oh, oh, I know what I asked. So I asked her about them saying it's time to push. Versus allowing me to listen to my body when it's time to push my birthing experience, if it goes the way that I want it to, which it might not, it will be unmedicated natural. Mm -hmm. I hate using actually the word natural because all birth is natural. Vaginal birth unmedicated is my, how I would like for it to go. Your birth
0: plan. Essentially.
1: She said it depends on if there is an epidural or not, because if I have an epidural, I'm not really going to be able to feel. So then they have to guide you through the pushing. She said, if you don't have an epidural, your body will tell you when it's time to push. And we really try to let that happen. That was, I mean, I feel so fortunate with where I am because V has also been able to go to the ultrasounds whenever I've had them. And I know not a lot of women have had that experience during COVID. I really wanted to hear them say that they, like, if I don't have the epidural, that they'll let my body do what it's meant to do, which is one of the reasons why I want to try unmedicated because I'm like, my body knows what to do to grow this baby. My body will know what to do to get the baby out. So I'd really like to try that. I definitely have the perspective though. If an epidural is really necessary, like for back labor, which is basically you're feeling the labor in your back is how I understand it. So it's very, very painful or if I have to have a C-section to get her out, really it's about health and safety. So even though I have this idea of what I would like, my biggest concern is just making sure that we're both healthy, happy, surviving. Yeah. Uh, So those, that's kind of the mentality that I've got going into the laboring process.
0: Those are all Um, really good questions to ask too. I think that I've probably I mean someone who doesn't have a kid hasn't gone through a pregnancy would have no idea that these are questions they need to ask or that they should ask really
1: being COVID if I have I also asked you know when would we need to schedule the induction they will let me go two weeks past my due date uh because of COVID I've heard some women say they require you to wear a mask during labor and delivery which they do request that you and your partner do but as the person giving birth uh this particular place that I'm going they will let me take my mask off if I feel like I need to wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute you have to wear a mask
0: as you're full-on pushing a human being out of you Yep. I barely wear a mask when I'm fucking running on a treadmill. How the shit are you supposed to wear a mask and
1: push a baby out of you? I did not know that. Oh my God. Yeah. I think I probably need to start doing things with a mask on just to get used to the breathing. Shit. If it's me, I got asthma. I have asthma like
0: really bad. So that would be really hard for me as I would imagine it would be hard for anyone, but damn, that puts a whole nother type of pressure on your body. I feel like,
1: Oh, for sure. And I mean, it's nice to know that I can take it off if I need to. So if I get induced, I have to be tested two days in advance. V and I both do, but if I go into labor naturally, then they'll test me at the hospital, but they can't refuse you even if you're positive because the baby's not waiting. So even if you test positive positive you're still going in the hospital and giving birth. So it's an interesting sort of
0: weird times. It's so, weird times
1: so weird. Times. Yeah.
0: I feel like I had a little bit of an idea about the things you were saying just a little bit, but the mask yeah. that's crazy.
1: Um, yeah. It's been such a weird time.
0: <laughs> I have a question for you. What is like the biggest, cause the last, obviously the last episode we did for you was your second trimester update. So mm-hmm. What has been the biggest difference you've noticed between your second trimester and your third trimester? Like something maybe it could be positive, it could be negative, like more pains, less pains, more food cravings, less food cravings. Just kind of like what's been the biggest difference you would say?
1: I definitely am looking for sweets a little bit more. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I'm so tired.
0: (laughs) I bet.
1: I like wake up and take a nap. The other day I literally woke up in the morning and then I took an hour and a half nap and then I took another nap later in the day and I was still in bed by like 10 PM. So there's a lot of napping happening and it's almost like I can't even fight it. It's like, and, and sleep wins.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure it's draining a lot of your energy because A lot of your energy is now going to another source rather than just, just you.
1: And also huge kick in the hormones. Even more Uh, so so
0: than the first two trimesters.
1: It's different. Okay. Because the second trimester, they would just kind of like pop up. Whereas like now I'm like, okay, here comes my weekly meltdown.
0: (laughs) You know, when it's coming kind of.
1: Well, I think part of that is because classes started again. And so the first half of the week, all I have to focus on is that. And then all of a sudden on Thursday, it's like I can breathe a little bit and then everything just kind of comes crashing down. But also, I mean, it's been really hard because my grandfather passed away in December, as you all know, they're having his memorial on April 24th and I can't be there they're doing something else for him in July, just after the baby's born. And I won't be able to be there. I have an uncle who just passed away. We were supposed to take a baby moon and I messed up the booking of it. So we're not doing that anymore. And so I feel like, I mean, I realized that that's not like, <laughs> that's not a necessity. That's a, you know, a desire, but I just have been like, I just want one thing to go how I envision it going. And it's just been difficult learning to navigate these things that you should be with family for, and you should be able to just have a normal experience. I say that with quotes because it hasn't been normal. And I will say I'm super thankful that the baby shower that I had went as well as it did, even if, you know, some of our family couldn't be there that we wanted to be there, or even our friends, like we definitely had to minimize the number of people who were there, but that I think has been probably the best part of the pregnancy and the most normal thing. And I really have you and my brother and sister-in-law to thank for that. So I definitely want to say that I'm very, very thankful for that, but there definitely have been a lot of things that just have been hard to navigate. And because of the increase in hormones, I just like will suddenly get so upset about it, but I'm trying to navigate that a couple of weeks ago. Oh my gosh. I did nothing. It was a beautiful day. I just let myself wallow all day. I cried on and off a week later. I had very similar feelings. And I said, okay, you can cry, but you're going for a walk. Okay. You can cry, but now you're preparing dinner, you know? So I, still was productive, even though it was a hard day. I think that's just something to keep in mind in general about life is things are never going to go the way that we plan; They're never going to be ideal. And especially with COVID and all of that, it's pretty much like messed things up to be how we want them to be. So it's okay to have those feelings, but you still have to figure out how to navigate life and how to move forward. And that's something that I'm trying to actively learn and practice. And then I want to take in with me or take with me after the baby is here, because I know things are still going to be hard and weird and sometimes feel inconvenient. So,
0: and when she's here, I feel like, especially again, I'm not a mother, so I have no idea. Maybe I'm just talking out of my ass, but. I think for like your first kid, especially it's just roll with the punches. Like you're just, yeah. you can be as prepared as you think you possibly can be. And then I feel like it's just constantly a worry of making sure that kid isn't going to choke on the most random thing or <laughs> fall down a flight of stairs or it's just like you're constantly trying to roll with the punches. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm sure it's annoying to have like your pregnancy hormones all over the place and things not going your way, but maybe in a way that's kind of like preparing you a little bit more to be a little bit more prepared for things to not be on a schedule or normal or, you know, very strict and you super controlled because you're just to yeah. like, roll with
1: it. But one thing that has helped And this will actually kind of lead into the huddle up is we finally pretty much have at least ordered everything that we need, all of the like big necessity stuff that was on the registry. Mm -hmm. So I thought that that's what I would do for the huddle up. So it's time for the huddle up. This is again, going to be me talking, but I thought (laughs) I would share what were my must haves for my registry that we really wanted to make sure that we had. For when the baby is here. So this does not have to be yours, but I'm super excited about these items. I think they'll all be used a lot. Well, hopefully one of them won't be used a lot and you'll understand when I get there. But number one is the bottle sterilizer. We got the, I think it's called Brezza. I heard really great things about it. So I'm very excited to put that to use. <laughs> um, but that's definitely something that I've heard other moms say was the must have. So that went on our list. Number two, a permanent and a portable changing station. So we're going to have one in her room. And then I just ordered one that's on wheels. So we'll be spending a lot of time downstairs when she's first born. So I can like move that depending on where we're hanging out that day. So that was really important to me that I had that option. Number three, this is primarily to make my life easier. It's a three tier rolling cart. So basically it will get used, especially for nighttime feedings. I'm going to set up water, snacks, diapers, uh onesie, or, you know, just like extra things that you might need stuff to kind of occupy my time while she's feeding. I'll put the breast pump on it. That's like to help mom not lose her shit and like looking for everything or have to get up a million times. Basically. Number four, we are going cloth. So making sure that we have enough diapers and not just like a diaper pail, but a washable liner. So that just was something that really mattered to me. I'm going to be the one doing that laundry most of the time. So I want to make sure that I got a liner that was washable and also just making sure that we have enough. So I'm not doing laundry and washing her diapers every single day. And number five, medical supplies, first aid baby kits. That's the one that I'm hoping we don't have to use really, but, uh, that was a must have on our list that somebody did gift for us for all of my friends in the future who are going to have babies. That's probably what we'll end up getting them because we are very practical love that sort of first aid sort of gift. Uh, but just really wanted to make sure that we had something that was baby specific. Mm -hmm. So those were, those were my must-haves.
0: Those are good. I think those are all very practical, like, and they have their purpose of making not only your life easier, but also then helping to make the baby's life easier. Cause essentially if your life is easier, then it's going to be easier for her.
1: So yeah. And V, you know, those are all things that will be easier for him too. That's true. Make it
0: (laughs) as easy as possible for the dad
1: because this shit is a partnership <laughs> for in our household. So. Oh yeah.
0: You guys are in this together for sure.
1: Well, yeah.
0: Yay. I'm so glad we got to do a little bit of a third trimester update for you. Hopefully then the next Hi. update we do will be a pregnancy update. The actual birth update. <laughs> little girl will be here.
1: Yes, but we will not be sharing it, unfortunately. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Um, but, but I also think people look at
0: her and be like, "That's the name. That's her."
1: I think so too. We haven't narrowed down to three. I don't know if I oh, told you that.
0: Good. No, you haven't. Yeah, but yeah. That's good. And I think that's exactly how um, my little sister was. She was nameless for like three days.
1: So I hope you know this was informative for people. You know, maybe some questions that they didn't know to ask or things they weren't even aware of overall, you know, I'm very thankful and the aches and the pains. I already know she's worth it. She is worth it.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you so much again for tuning into another episode of the healthy huddle, the huddle of health. If you liked what we had to say, like hearing our voices, our conversations, please don't forget to like share and subscribe on all podcasting platforms, as well as make sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore healthy huddle.
1: Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. That's <laughs> like Is there a share of burp. Also, what the fuck? What? <gasps> Is that sweat? It, I'm like that all the time. <laughs>
0: we're talking about that
1: that was horrible I was squeaky I'm starting over sorry okay, maybe like mm.
0: don't maybe don't talk so loud I feel like
1: oh am I talking loud
0: I don't know but I feel like every time because okay. you were fine until you did the hey guys and then I heard like a massive
1: okay. okay oh okay hmm. oh my gosh why did I just forget the name an epidural <laughs>